Here we go. Episode number 95 of the greatest podcast on earth. This is the wild times and I'm joined today by my two regular hosts. Yep. Uh, it's myself, the broologist Forrest Galante. Of course, you all know the Spiceman, Patrick DeLuca and Peter, who's had some incredible extensive plastic surgery. Peter, you look great. Just kidding, Annika. Um, that was so awkward. <laughs> I was just that that sort of just went completely yeah, over no. my head then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that that was a joke that didn't land. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited to introduce Annika Svenska, the Wolf Lady, uh, as many know her from Animal Watch on YouTube. Hey. Uh, she's been a wildlife presenter all over the place. She's a canine expert and just somebody that we're really excited to chat to on the Wild Times. Yeah, how are you doing, everyone? <laughs> welcome, good. Annika. Welcome. Yeah, so, sorry. Yeah. I, I sort of set you up for failure there, pretending you were Peter <laughs> without giving you any warning. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, also, you called Annika the wolf lady, which really ages her when she's known as the wolf girl. I mean, oh, come on. Apologize. Yeah, come it on, should be Horace. wolf girl, actually. Oops. Yeah, definitely. Yep, definitely. Definitely blew that. that. The wolf um, lady is like someone who is like an old hag who lives in the woods. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah no, I, I hopefully not yet. Maybe one day. It's like um, the if difference. If I keep be- carrying on the way I am, I probably will be. It's like <laughs> the difference between like cat woman and cat lady. Like cat woman's sexy. She's in Batman movies. Cat exactly. lady is not. She has cats and lives in a trailer. That's Reeks not good. Yeah, animals. cat lady is the woman that lives down the street and she's got about 100 cats and exactly. her house smells like urine. Yeah, <laughs> well, we, so. we know all about that. Yeah, well, I ruined that on all Forrest, fronts. let um, me ask you, so, so you were like, hey, I've got this amazing guest. You showed us uh, you showed us Annika's stuff, which is incredible, and we'll get into it. How did you know about Annika? Have you guys met before? Did you work together? How did you know about her? We've never met in person, but we've exchanged plenty of messages. And I've been watching Annika's stuff since you were presenting. Uh, where did you have a show? Was it PBS? Um, I used to have a Channel 5 show that was just called Out There. So I That's used right. to just review movies and things. Yeah. Um, that's like a long time ago. So that's like the year 2000. So we're talking a long time ago. Right. Um, but to be quite honest, that's what got me into the world of presenting because, be, you know, before then I was actually um, a fully trained actress and oh, I was wow. on the stage. I was doing theatre. Oh, um, wow. But thing was, before then, I wanted to be a vet. So I always had sure. that interest in animals. But then I went off to do my acting got pulled into presenting and then I was still loving animals. So it all came sort of full circle. So now I'm presenting with animals. So I'm doing two things I absolutely love. And, awesome. and you, and you've done it everywhere. Like I've seen you on animal planet on PBS, on the news. I mean, all over the place where you're commenting on all of these large canines in particular. Yeah. 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 I mean, late, a large canines are my speciality. It's sort of, turned into that to be quite honest because really I started off sort of specializing in wolves and then everybody was asking me well you'd get like the odd person would come on the internet and they'd go um my dog can kill a wolf and my dog can do that and I was like oh no you you know your dog can't and Um, it got me investigating yeah, <laughs> but it got me investigating the the flock guardians and you know the the massive dogs that they have out in Turkey and in Asia, which they mm. actually use 
to protect their flocks against um, against the wolves. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen people talk about it, you know, on various podcasts. I mean, Joe Rogan talks about it all the time. I've, I've heard him talking about the, the flock guardians. Um, they can't, a, a single flock guardian can't kill a wolf. This is the thing I keep saying to people. It's when they get a group of them together, it's right. like it's being outnumbered. So you've got a group of flock guardian dogs against one wolf that's been cornered. But vice versa, you get the pack of wolves against that one flock guardian. He's toast. And they find skeletons all over the the mountainside all the time. But still these guys are absolutely certain that their dog can kill a wolf. So I get all these comments constantly about, oh, my my, my dog will kill wolves. And I'm just like, no, no, I can't. When you're when you're talking about the flock guardians in Turkey, are you talking about the Kangals or? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean Kangals, but I filmed the Malakli. Now the Malakli is like a giant Kangal. So, so I don't know what a Malakli is. Huge. Kyle, can you pull a picture up while Annika's talking of a Malakli? Please, There's please no continue. chance Kyle has Mal- even two letters. Malakli. Right? <laughs> yeah, Malakli means loose lip in Turkish, okay. and they've okay. got a big sort of saggy mouth. You can tell the difference between them and Kangals because they look more of a mastiff. Um, they're slower than a Kangal, so Kangals are really fast, and they can chase after the wolves, and they can see them off really quickly. Malakli are more, you know, they'll just stick around with the flock, and they can't run very, very fast, but they are huge. They are powerful. Yeah, you've got some kids sitting on one there. That's hilarious. And that's me with the Malakli there. Fourth photo along on, on the oh, left. Cool. You can see him there. That's one. That's the one I film with. Funny enough, in Liverpool, where the Beatles come from. <laughs> huh. yeah. So he lived in a very he lived in a very small house oh in Liverpool. God, and of course, all, all the Turkish guys were like, What's that dog doing in Liverpool? And I was like, <laughs> Well, he just is. But yeah, wow. they're huge. They're huge. So that one's massive. You've what got so the they're... Caucasian Shepherd. Oh, I mean, the Caucasian Shepherd, we've talked about it a few times on this podcast. Is So have you been up close? Kyle, can you pull up a Caucasian Shepherd as well? Um, have you been up close Yeah, I've got a YouTube episode on the Caucasian Shepherd. Yeah. And um, there's Maximus. He's the biggest Caucasian Shepherd. In- there he is. I can see him on your, on your feed. Oh, yeah, second photo, He's Kyle. second photo along. That's me. And also, that's oh. me with Maximus. Wow. And he lives... He lives near Manchester, and that was the day we took him around a local park to meet children. Just but that's, to not show a dog. How sweet. that's not a dog. That's a horse that you're sitting next to. <laughs> it's that's a bear. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're pretty. They're pretty. By the way, that's that's a very small lady. They're not really that big. Right. Right. They're right. big, right. big, but they're not fake big. Yeah. So sure. um, there's a little force perspective yeah. in a lot of these. Um, yeah, there is about- a little bit of force perspective. Tell me about taking a, a, a Caucasian shepherd to a park to, to hang out with kids. Right. Right. Were people well, freaking the thing out? Is, of course, yeah. Well, that was the thing. It was to get people's reactions by walking Maximus around. And we, we know what a lovely dog he is. So we wouldn't take out a dog that we were at all worried sure. that he would be dangerous. Very, very well socialized. Very, very sweet dog. And um, we just walked him around and we would just ask people their opinions. Are you scared of this dog? You know, or would you run the other way and would you not come near this dog? And the, the vast majority of people say, no, we, we think he's absolutely lovely. We love him. Yeah. And if you were to do the same with a wolf, they'd probably go, no, 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 I don't want to touch it. Yeah. So it's a very different 
vibe people get. I mean, I walk I walk around with Kumi. She's my Czechoslovakian wolf dog. And people will cl- uh, cross the road to get to the other side rather than pass me. They, they how, will not walk past me when I've got my wolf dogs. And how is the wolf dog's temperament? And then I, I have a question, a follow-up question to that. But I'm curious, how is your yeah. wolf dog's temperament? Right. Okay. Well, she's a Czechoslovakian wolf dog. So mm-hmm. instead of being just a run-of-the-mill wolf cross, and, you know, when I say wolf cross, you get them cross with everything. So you can right. cross it with a Malamute, you can cross it with a Husky, blah, blah, blah. Czechoslovakian wolf dogs are a proper breed and they were developed in 1955 by okay. the Czech army. The idea was to create an elite border control dog. Wow. And the idea okay. was to take the German shepherd that was considered to be unhealthy and have poor breeding, you know, low hips, other mm-hmm. things, and put back some really good DNA from the wolf. And they were hoping that they would get good sense of smell, good sense of taste, you know, all of that. And the Czechoslovakian wolf dog has not had a wolf put back in it since 1985, I believe. Um, So they are 25% wolf. If you were to do a DNA test now, most of them will come up 25% wolf. 75% 75% German Shepherd. Mm-hmm. They are hyper intelligent because they come from the German Shepherd. They are trainable. You can do anything you can, you would wow. want with a, you know, with a German Shepherd, you could do with a Czechoslovakian wolf dog. The only difference is every now and then that wolf comes back. And when the wolf comes back, it's a little bit of self-preservation. So the reason they they didn't work for the Czech army is because they still had that little bit of spookiness in them, which meant, oh, I'm not quite sure about that. I might just run away. Mm -hmm. And that's why they couldn't be relied upon because German shepherds will do anything, you know, for their handler. They will lay their life down for the handler. A Czech wolf dog might go, not quite sure. I think I might run away. And that was the trouble. That's why they didn't want to use them. So, but they're beautiful dogs, incredibly obedient, so trainable. Um, But nobody will come in my back garden. They they just, you know. (laughs) They see them and they're like, nope. Yeah, they sit at the fence. And uh, if you get too close, if you're a postman, they will show their teeth. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're they're proper guard dogs. (laughs) It's funny because like knowing Forrest, obviously he's got lots of snakes. He likes to sort of take things to the extreme when it comes to the animals that are on his property. And yet. I know where this is going. You would just think like a a Czechoslovakian wolf dog would be something that you might want, Forrest. But I was trying to call my dog because my office is open so that I could show him off because he's the size of a Czechoslovakian wolf dog's poop. Um, but, uh, no, I, I, ha- I have a Havanese, Annika. Are you, I'm sure you're familiar oh, right. with every yeah, 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 yeah. Vicious. But, uh, yeah, no, he is a vicious belly scratching, lay on his back with his paws and his ear, splutty legs. Oh, lap dog at oh. best. Um, but, uh, but he does love his little hikes and his little river adventures, which we're going on this afternoon. So, yeah, yeah no, he's, yeah. he's not extreme at all. He is the opposite of that. Right. He is yeah. very soft and cute. Um, yeah, I, th- I, I think the reason I have extreme dogs is when I was growing up, my mum forced me to have chihuahuas the whole time I was growing uh, up. And I, and I didn't want a chihuahua. She just kept saying, take this dog. It's not going to rip up the lino in the kitchen. And I'd be like, it's this big. And she'd be like, yep, it won't rip up the lino. It won't rip up the, the carpet. So you're going to have this dog. And I'd be begging her for like big ones. And I remember sitting in the classroom when I was about 11 years old 
making a list of all the dogs that I was going to have oh, when I grew up. Yeah. And it would be, and it had things on it like Alaskan Malamute, Siberian yeah. Husky, you know, sam- so they all look like wolves, the type, you know, sled dogs. Yeah. And um, the moment I moved out of my, you know, my mum's house, I just started getting dogs. <laughs> yeah. So making up for the lack of real dogs in my life. So, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any real experience? Dogs, uh, I spent uh, a bunch of time in Greenland, which I'm sure the people who listen to the show are sick of me talking about. But the, <laughs> the Greenland dogs, are you familiar with them? The ones that yes, I've, I've, they Greenland feature dogs? on Animal Watch. I've oh, got cool. an episode on the Greenland dog and I've got an episode on the Canadian um, Eskimo dog. They are genetically the same. Okay. Oh, wow. That's interesting. And, do you know how much yeah. do they have much wolf in them? Do you know much about the history? Because I, I thought the breed was incredible. The, the Some of them were... We went um, because they, they have a lot of extras and they kill a lot of the puppies there in Greenland um, just because when they breed right. and they don't want more, they just don't want more things to feed. They just want enough for their sleds. Um, so there was a bunch yeah. of people on our crew that were going to try to take some back to the U.S. with them. <laughs> um, it never ended up happening. But, yeah, tell me a little bit about the Greenland dog because I thought they were fascinating. Yeah, well, they don't have any more wolf in them than any other breed, okay. which is zero. Okay. So they'll have as much wolf in them as a Chihuahua will. Um, Got it. They just the re- the reason they look the way they are and the reason they act the way they are is because they're a primitive breed, yeah. and that's yeah. all it is. It means that that humans have not played around with them so much since they did actually break off from from evolving from the wolf. Gotcha. Um, so they've just kept a lot of the primitive behavior. It's just not okay. been altered. So, you know, the same with Siberian Huskies. I've got two Siberian Huskies. They are primitive breeds. They are, you know, one of the oldest breeds you, you'll find on planet Earth. And that just means they have everything, all those lovely raw instincts going back to the wolf. And the wolf has beautiful ears so he can hear properly you know they're not floppy they're not messed up they don't have squash faces they have long jaw they can eat meat properly they can (laughs) smell properly they can run properly the only thing that's different between the greenland dog and the canadian eskimo um you know compared to a wolf is is the curly tail so that's the one thing people have done is they've bred them to have a curly tail so it comes up over the sled so it doesn't get trapped when they're running on the gotcha. sled. So that's oh, the only thing that they've altered. Gotcha. Yeah. Do, so you'll see that with sled dogs, the, the curly the tail. tail. Uh-huh. So, Did I tell yeah, you a yeah. story? Which is about... why lots of dogs attack them. Oh, <laughs> oh that makes sense. Huh. Did I tell you about when we had the Greenland dog that we were going to take out to um, this camp? I don't think so. I'd love okay. to hear it though. So <laughs> we were doing a show on animal planet and, um, it was, it was not about animals at all, but we were going to the farthest place north that we had been. We were going to do a two-week camp in this area where the guys were basically looking for gold, essentially. Um, and it was way up in the middle of the ice sheet, and it was the only area we'd been to where there really were polar bears. And so right. as just a producer who thought it would be cool to take a Greenland dog with us to this camp, you know, they, they smell the bears coming and they'll, they'll howl, supposedly. Um, so I was like, well, that'd be cool that when people are sleeping, at least have a dog, you know, little polar bear alarm and it'll be fun. And we could have a new character on the show for a couple of weeks. <laughs> so we went to one of the places where we're like, Hey, do you have any dogs that you're going to get rid of or anything? You, you know, that are 
somewhat domesticated and he was like yeah i have one this this girl nunu that that i actually don't want we're like okay can we like borrow nunu for a couple weeks (laughs) (laughs) um and he's like yeah yeah you can you can borrow nunu you can have her we're like well we we're gonna bring her back he's like all right (laughs) so we the only way to get out to this place is right in the middle of the ice sheet was by helicopter so we're going um one of the guys on the cast who was already just in love with nunu um was carrying her onto the helicopter and one of the helicopter techs was like, ah, oh, Nunu. Uh, we're like, how do you know Nunu? He's like, it's my dog. I gave it to, I can't remember the guy's name. Oh. I, I gave it to Jesper like three weeks ago. He's like, our dog. I was like, why did you give Nunu to Jesper? He's like, she's pregnant. Look at her. She's about to pop. He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so <laughs> we go to this rocky outcrop island in the middle of the ice sheet. And lo and behold, about three days in, Nunu gives birth to a litter of four. No way. Uh, yeah. So now we've got uh, this. It was just a disaster. It was like, yeah. you know, <laughs> there was no going back at that point. But so now we've got four puppies and Nunu, who is not a very good polar bear uh, alarm. Right. Um, and so then oh. everyone fell in love with the puppies. <laughs> we gave Nunu back with the puppies. And we said, Jesper, please don't kill the puppies. We're going to. We're going to figure out there's a bunch of people on the crew that want to figure out how to bring a puppy back and quarantine mm-hmm. them. Like, mm-hmm. please do not kill these puppies. He's like, OK, so we're doing all this research. We figure out they can quarantine in New York for a, it's this whole thing for people who are ready to do it. We're going to put the paperwork in. We call Jesper we're like, hey, we're going to come pick up the puppies. And he goes, "Uh, yes, they, they are not still alive. <laughs> oh, geez. Like, Fucking Jesper, man. <sighs> That sounds that sounds very. I, I think people also no, very nice. <laughs> no, but I think this is all. worth noting. I think you know, us here, right? Being in the United Kingdom, the United States, other other Western societies, we look at dogs very, very differently to yeah. how people that use working class dogs look at dogs. Um, and I think you yeah. know the idea of like taking my dog and being like, I don't want him anymore. I would fight to the death if somebody <laughs> tried to take literally there is nothing you could do you would have to pry him from my cold dead fingers to take my dog away from me whereas yeah, i've been absolutely. many i've been so many countries so many places where they are either a tool or a nuisance or you know just something that runs around on the streets and they are not seen that way at all even the ones that are pets and house pets and and ones that aren't used as working animals many other countries around the world, they are still just sort of a utility. Like they see it the way I see my goldfish that I feed to my, my turtles. You know what I mean? It's like, yep, here's this animal, mm-hmm. but I don't mind when it dies at all because there's plenty more to pick from. And yeah. uh, it, it's, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Go ahead, Annika. Yeah, I've been to Romania's five times to rescue street dogs out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I brought back about 600. Wow. And wow. I rehomed that's, them that's, in the UK. Yeah, I thought you were going to say three. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a lot of street dogs no 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 no, no. But, yeah because i i fell upon like one stray out there once and okay. i realized how bad it was out there and um i just started up a charity at that point in my life which was about 2011 and i worked on a charity for about three years rescuing dogs and that i went to romania six times i've done a lot of filming actually if you look on animal watch on youtube there are several episodes on me rescuing some dogs and there's like some really bad stories out there because there was a german shepherd 
that she had her legs hacked off. Oh, my God. And um, she'd been stabbed and everything. And, you know, we're rescuing her. We're rescuing this other mum where all her puppies are freezing to death in the snow. It's it's awful out there. The the situation you get you get vets out there that inject stray dogs with rat poison to kill them very quickly. Oh my god! Um, because they just don't have anesthesia. They just don't have it. So they get called to sort of put down a whole you know shelter full of dogs. You know the state shelters don't really protect a lot of the dogs, so the dogs will get euthanized. So I went out, I went out there several times. And I just brought back loads and loads of stray dogs and I rehomed them to people. But it got to me because after three or four years, you can't fix the problem. So I got more and more sad about it. And I was like, I'm bringing myself down. It's like you're just right. shoveling water out of a bucket, but that bucket just keeps filling up with water. Right. And the only way you can fix it is to spay and neuter all of the dogs on the streets. And that's what they used to be doing. Mm-hmm. They used to do that. They'd spay and neuter and put them back on the streets. Then one child, one year, was reported to have been killed by stray dogs, which we now know was not the truth. She was killed by some guard dogs because she wandered into oh, a little factory facility where there were guard dogs. Um, and it and it took, you know, the government was just waiting to pin something on the stray dogs so they could get rid of them. So yeah. literally within 48 hours, they turned from spay and neuter and release um, to, you know, all these dogs have to be rounded up, put into state shelters and euthanized. And because yeah. of the corruption, the vets were selling off anesthesia. They were selling off sutures. Oh, wow. So they didn't have any proper equipment. So they come to kill an animal they were either beating them to death in one of the cells so you'd you'd often find one of the cells just filled with blood mm-hmm. um or they oh. would round them up and they would inject them with like um a type of rat poison and give them a massive heart attack you know needles straight into the heart um, yeah. which has been witnessed by people that i'm you know friends with so yeah that country they view their dogs like uh, foxes when we see coyotes and we see foxes running around and we just sure. go oh that's just a fox that's just a coyote they're just wild you know just let them do their thing if you go to romania that's what the dogs do they run around and they're just like oh those are the stray dogs whilst everyone's carrying around like a little pomeranian because that's like the <laughs> right. real dog this is my this is my breeder's dog yeah but the yeah. ones on the street don't matter they're you know they're like a fox all so, right yeah they're the way they view them is is very different. So totally. I've got I've got a couple. I, I'm going to change the mood here because this is depressing and I. Hate it. <laughs> yeah, that's um, my fault. I, I, <laughs> I really brought okay. it down with new news story. Uh, um, uh, so I've got a couple questions I want to ask you. Everybody's got a stray dog story, right? They found this puppy. They found this dog. They wanted to bring it home. They did or didn't. Everybody's got that story. I uh, I want to ask you. Uh, I. I'm pretty obsessed with Papua New Guinea. I have been for a long time. Um, I, I actually managed to just visit there for the first time. Saw all kinds of mangy dogs and that. But in doing research to go to PNG several years ago, I connected with a woman who was actually in the UK who was breeding Papuan singing dogs. Have you any experience with them, oh, Annika? In the UK? Yeah. In the UK? Yeah. I can give you She's her contact. In the UK. Like, I would yeah. love to meet her. She was going to give me a puppy. I um, would love to meet her. That's 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's such a requested dog on Animal Watch. I've had people ask me so many times to cover this, this dog. I, it's I will so link you primitive, with it's ridiculous. And so the woman yeah, that I yeah. spoke Absolutely with... Absolutely fantastic. They're like related to the dingoes. Right. They're related to dingoes. They're, they're thousands and thousands yeah. of years old, um, you know, genetically speaking, and uh, with, with no impurities in them. And uh, so the woman I was speaking with, and I, and I want to get your take on this. She was like, yeah, I can get you one of these puppies. You know, I'd be happy to give it to you. Just so you know, you have to register on this list because they're super rare and blah, 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 like this whole thing. And I was very into it. So I love unusual animals. Like Patrick was saying, you know, extreme. For mm-hmm. me, it's more like unusual. I had Basenjis growing up or a Basenji, not Basenjis. Um, absolutely loved my Basenji. And this was before Basenjis were as common as they are today. And... Um, you know, they have very weird behaviors. They climb trees and they groom themselves and they don't really bark and blah, blah, blah. And so I was speaking with this woman yeah. about this New Guinea singing dog. And she was like, just so you know, it has these characteristics. And it's like they're incredibly aloof. They can't be leash trained. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And at the time, my wife was pregnant with with our son. And I was just like, I think this is more than we can take on with having a baby and getting a New mm. Guinea singing dog puppy. <laughs> But um, tell me, tell me what you yeah. think about them. Obviously, you haven't been able to feature one yet. But tell me what you think about those dogs, about their characteristics. Uh, tell and for our, our listeners, maybe tell our brosners, tell tell us a little bit about them. All right, I, I to tell you truth, I haven't got a lot of experience with them, but I can only go on what I've heard with their relationship with dingoes because I've met, you know, I've met a fair amount of dingoes, and sure, I've got yeah. a, a co-presenter that presents Animal Watch in Australia. Uh Um, so as I said, my experience is not that great on the Papa, um, New Guinea singing dog. Um, I do know it's supposed to be genetically unique Mm -hmm. when they've been going back with the DNA, they seem to think it's really sort of come down its own line, um, from the wolf and it's not anything to do with dogs. And it's almost like the same with the dingoes. They almost think the dingoes have come from another offshoot, um, so when we were filming with the dingoes, the, the, the thing is they look like a dog. They look like you could pretty much oh, yeah. have one. Um, but no, it's, Kyle, they're, 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 they're up, self-sufficient. The Sorry, Annika, please continue. Yeah, they're self-sufficient, amazing animals. I mean, they're, 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 they're made like a wolf to survive. And anything that has huge amounts of independence in its blood mm-hmm. to survive, um, I think it's going to be quite a tricky house pet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to presume that you would need to have a, an outdoor enclosure. And, and I would suggest that if, um, if people were giving a dog away to somebody or selling a dog, that would be one of the things that they would tell them that they would probably need to do. Give them a very, very secure outdoor enclosure, which they cannot climb and they cannot escape. Because if they're anything like a dingo, if they're anything like a wolf dog, and they have that independent street for self-survival, they're not going to want to stay in your garden. They're going to want to go walk about and they might not even come back. Yeah. Um, Also, with dingoes, they're affectionate, but they're only affectionate as long as they choose to be affectionate. You mm-hmm. can't force yourself on them. Yeah. So if you fancy cuddling your dog that day, they're probably going to go, well, today I don't actually want to cuddle you. And right. you push it right. too far, you're either going to get an incredibly aloof dog or you're gonna, you might even get a slight reaction back, which is not something that you particularly want. I don't know enough about the Papua New Guinea sing dog to actually know 
what its limitations would be. That would be, as I said, that's something I'd love to film. I'd love to find out more about that. Um, but the guy I filmed with um, in Australia, he was just very adamant. I'm really not thinking a dingo would be a good pet. <laughs> he rescues loads and loads, and he had about 50 in his sanctuary. And I do know people that have got dingoes or dingo hybrids, but they just say to me they're just very aloof. Like a wild animal will grow up fast. A yeah. dog never grows up. It's, it's a puppy for life. Right. So humans have manipulated dogs. So they're always going to be a puppy and they're always subservient to us. And, you know, we, we give them everything. A wolf grows up. And that's why when it gets to about two or three, you get massive changes with a wolf. And it's suddenly, you know, from going from this puppy, it's suddenly a full-blown adult and it doesn't really need you. And the same goes for the, the dingoes and, you know, a coyote, anything like that. You try to trap one of those in your house. You yeah, have to live well. in a way by that dog's rules. You have to change your life sort of for them. Yep. You can't, they're not going to be like a golden retriever. They're not going to want to do all of that stuff. You sort of give it an enclosure in the back garden, give it some fuss, give it some love, and you let it choose when it wants to come to you, you let it choose when it wants to hang out with you. You know, that's, I, uh, that's the sort of life you'd be having if you have one of these dogs. When right. I was 23, 24 years old, I spent six months working on a ranch in Elko, Nevada, which is just a hellhole. Nobody should ever go there. But um, it's just this place in the middle of the high desert of Nevada. And um, they... They treat coyotes like a lot of people do in the United States, which is as soon as you see one, you should kill it, which I hated uh, passionately. Right. And that was just the mentality mm -hmm. around this, you know, this whole area. And one day I'm out driving around and the ranch hand is next to me and we see a little coyote run across the road and he's like, we should kill it. And of course, as a guy who was working there, I was like, nope, not while I'm driving, you know, like I could, couldn't do it. And uh, and I look and it's it doesn't look like a normal coyote. And I'm like, what is that? That's so weird. And so I, I we keep driving because it crosses the road in front of us and it stops. And we keep driving. We pull right up and we stop. And this guy's like grumbling. He wants to shoot it. And I'm like, I'm literally, I hate this person too. And I won't say his name or anything. And I'm like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. We're not killing the coyote. And, um, and, and the, this coyote yeah. stopped. So I parked the car and I, I get out. And I look and this coyote, which from a distance looked sort of normal, but, you know, there's something very different about it. And I park the car and I stop and I look and it's sitting in these bushes. Right. And I, I sort of come around the bushes and I see it there. And me being me, I jump in and grab it and it bites me on the forearm, but it doesn't do much. And I pick it up and it's a coyote puppy. It's about this big. It's about as big as my Havanese that you saw earlier. Oh. I'm guessing it's it's left the den yeah. an hour prior kind of thing for the first time. It's totally cowering in fear and it doesn't know what it's doing. And I pick it up and it's this little coyote pup. And I was smitten by it because it was, you know, they're oh. beautiful creatures. And uh, every part of me wanted to keep this little puppy, Coyote, every <laughs> every ounce of me. I was like, it'll be so cool. Mm -hmm. I had these these visions of grandeur where I'd be walking around the ranch with this little coyote standing next to me, blah, 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 blah. And right then and there with this like redneck piece of shit that was sitting in the car next to me that just wanted to kill everyone that it had ever seen. Oh. Uh, I, I just thought I can't because if I take him back even if no matter how much I raise him or whatever, it's a coyote. It'll run around and do its own thing. And it will undeniably be killed by one of these assholes that works on this ranch or any neighboring ranch. 
And so I let it go. Yeah. And, you know, it sort of skimmed off. It probably wrecked your house as well. I'm sure. No, I'm sure. Not not to mention nobody should be catching wild animals and just pulling them into their house. But I was 23 or 24 and it sounded great. <laughs> and um, so I let it go. But yeah. I, to this day, I think back to that little it's the only baby coyote I've ever seen. The only coyote I've ever captured. And I, was, and I think, wow, how cool would it have been to have had a little coyote pet? Um, and I'm sure it wouldn't have been. I'm sure it would have yeah. been an absolute disaster. Yeah. But here's a question for yeah. you, Annika. When I was on Joe Rogan, we had a whole conversation about dogs and their smush faces and how humans have done this to dogs, yeah. breeding them from wolves. And I remember Joe Rogan... So he, yeah. his uh, producers or whatever clip out little clips and put them on the Internet. And every now and then one like comes up in my YouTube, you know, as like a suggested search thing. And I clicked it. And it's Joe and I talking about how dogs have become dogs from wolves. And there are I'm not joking, not hundreds. There are thousands, if not tens of thousands of comments from people going, you're full of like this is bullshit. Dogs didn't come from wolves. And I'm I'm sitting there going, huh? What what is that about? What what I'm sure you've heard it all on yeah. your Animal Watch station. Why would people have pushback to saying that we have selectively bred dogs from wolves? What is that? What what's going on there? Yeah, I haven't got a clue what's going on there. I mean, the the, the wolf, um, the dog split from the wolf thirty thousand years ago. That's that's right. what people think. It was between thirty to fifty thousand years ago, and. Um, you can only suggest and guess how it happened. So most people think it was sort of just when we were always on the move, man was, uh, you know, move tribes that would move and they would set up camp. So we were hunter gatherers. We would always be on the move. So you get migrating animals. The animals would be moving. The humans would be moving with the migrating animals in order to, to hunt the prey. And um, wolves would be there too. And they would be hunting um, the animals. And at some point along the line, I think people seem to think what happened was humans would kill one of the animals and the, the wolves were hanging around. And they would just like be chuck them a little bit. And they found that the wolves started to hang around. And when the wolves were hanging around, Follow it would stop any other animals coming around their camp. And mm. um, so they thought, oh, that's great. We'll just we'll keep the wolves around. And at some point, they would have probably got hold of some puppies. And you can, of course, you can tame wolf puppies. And at right. that point in time, they wouldn't have been dogs. They would have just been a tame wolf puppy. And they would have probably um, selectively bred those wolves. These are the ones. See, this is we, we'll get into two conversations about dingoes. And then we'll get into the conversation about dogs with coming from wolves. Because the ones that would have come from the humans would have been selectively bred for traits that could have helped people. So one of the right. things that we've done, one of the first things we did with um, wolves was to get them to bark. So we wanted them to guard. So we wanted to select those wolf puppies that were making more ones. wolf sounds. Yeah. Okay. And if, you, if you've ever <laughs> gone to see wolves at a park, they barely ever woof, but they do woof. So if something is coming in the distance and it you know, they get a little bit worried and they want to warn their pack, they'll sort of go, mm -hmm. right, right, like that. And that's like the beginning of a bark. And humans took that and they used that. So they started to use them as a, a warning signal. So they would take that bark and they would use that. Plus they would then start to develop them. So they probably bit us less, um, <laughs> sure, behaved a little bit more, perhaps, you know, herding some of the sheep, herding some of the cows. 
So they would they would develop all those traits. At the same time, you've got things like huskies that are being, you know, trained to pull sleds. So dogs are all being used by humans to do different things around the world. Some people think there were several times that they came off the wolf. So came off in Asia mm-hmm. and then they became the sight hounds. And then you've got the people say that they came off um, in the Arctic and they became the sled dogs. So they think there were several times that the you know, the dogs came from the wolf. But what people have got to remember is the wolf that these dogs came from and our modern day gray wolf come from a wolf which is not alive anymore. Right. So dogs did not come from the gray wolf. They came from an extinct wolf that was around. And he's the common ancestor of our gray wolf that we have now. Um, So when we make a wolf dog, we make a wolf dog with the modern day gray wolf. It's not the one that, that all of the dogs came from. And then you've got dogs like the dingo and you've got dogs like the, the, um, the singing dog. They would have possibly, that would have been just a natural evolution into wild dogs right. coming it's, you know, further into hotter weather and convergent evolution, changing right. the way they looked. Sorry, I didn't yeah, mean to yeah, interrupt yeah. you. Yeah. But definitely, I mean, no, 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 that's fine. But yeah, humans manipulated dogs to do specific jobs and that's what our primitive dogs are right so when you look at the table of dogs and evolution or, you know you've got the primitive ones they are the very first ones they're the basal dog breeds that humans shape them to do a particular job and then the victorians going back in the 1800s are now responsible for most of the modern day dogs you see now because right. that's when humans started to take an interest in how a dog could be a companion dog and it could sit at home and it could look pretty and it didn't necessarily have to have a job anymore. So yeah. you had Queen Victoria with her Pomeranians, you had the, you know, the, the Spaniel with his long floppy ears to look like the, the king. And all of these breeds were created by Victorians. So when you go back and you see the really primitive breeds, they're far harder to train right. than the ones that we have bred today. So, yeah, that yeah. Makes a lot and of sense. squash noses. Can I can I show noses you? Squash really oh, no. come from the original dogs of mastiffs because they wanted them fighting dogs. So fighting dogs had to have the squashed face so they could bite. So they had the wide mouth so they could bite. Oh, so but it was now stronger. you've got pugs and you've got little dogs like that. But they all come from like fighting dogs, mastiff dogs that had to have the squash face. So let me show you. Um, let me show you what a bunch of inbred selective breeding does. Are you ready to see it? Nobody knows this about my dog. All right, Hoover, you got it. Hoover, come here, buddy. If you're listening to this at home, you're going to have to see. Hoover, show them your overbite. Look at that. How bad is that? Oh, yeah. Yep, it's pretty bad. He's got a good one. It's terrible. So Hoover... Beautiful white He's teeth. Got a big he does. He gets his teeth brushed. <laughs> he looks like uh, he could go on the Bachelorette. His teeth. Do you want to go so on light. the Bachelorette? Do you want to be a, <laughs> a handsome boy? So the reason we got Hoover, um, kind of a, a sad story, turned very happy. We lost our other Havanese very sadly uh, and very suddenly to a very invasive cancer. Who was only six years old. Woke up one day and could barely walk. We took him to the vet thinking he was sick, and he had this terrible tumors all over his body. Wow. He passed away like twelve hours later. Um, and we were devastated. Wow. That dog was my wife's soulmate. Like, absolutely. We, we were obsessed with that dog and uh, we were devastated. We lost that dog. And this was, this was early COVID time a couple of years ago. And, um, uh, you know, we were devastated and, and we told my mom and my mom was so sad and everybody was crying and blah, blah, blah. blah. And my mom happened to be talking to one of her friends from San Francisco 
later that day and said, oh, my kids just lost their dog, blah, 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 blah. And this woman goes, you know, I don't know if it's the same kind of dog or not, but I have a friend who breeds these, these black and white dogs. And we're, she was, of course, it happened to be a Havanese, the same as the dog we just left, lost. And, uh, and she's, got, she's got a puppy that she doesn't want for some reason. I don't know the full story. So we ended up talking to my mom's friend's friend. That's how separated this was. And going, hey, you know, this is a very weird cold call, but do you have a dog that possibly could be a Havanese that's a puppy? Yada, yada, yada. Because we couldn't find any Havanese puppies at the time. And we weren't really looking because we were just devastated at losing our other dog. And this woman, turns out, she's the owner of not just the top Havanese dog, but a dog that has won two of the, what is it, the Yukonuba Dog Show Champions. I forget the name of the the dog, but he has literally been the number one dog in the world, and this is one of his offspring. And so she's bred these Havanese because she's a oh. show show Havanese person in San Francisco, and she's like, yeah, I've got this one who's like got this fucked up jaw that will never make it in the show circuit, you know, and I don't know what to do with him because we've never had, you know, I sell these dogs for a fortune, but this one's got this mangled face that nobody wants. And we're like, we'll take old mangled face. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so, we jumped, <laughs> so we hopped in the car, drove up to San Francisco and picked oh, up this little him. floof ball with this overbite. And, uh, you know, he was supposed to be like a champion show Havanese dog studded by this dog and bitched with this dog and blah, 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 blah. And we don't know anything about the show dog world, but, uh, we picked him up and we were like, what, you know, what kind of dog is he going to be? Is he going to be like this little sort of shitty bitch dog because he spends, his, you know, all of his, all of his ancestors get like groomed and brushed and <laughs> fluffed and walked around a circle and then back into like, you know, a, a I assume the purple velvet pillow with gold yeah. trim and that's all they ever do. And uh, this dog is an absolute <laughs> little maniac. He's like a feral little beast. I mean, I, I don't know where he is now. He's just run back into the garden oh. to chase rabbits or something. And I think it, it worked out the best for both us and him because I cannot, for the life of me, envision this dog in the show ring. I mean, he's filthy constantly. He rolls in every disgusting thing he can find. He loves chasing rabbits and the chickens and, like, I mean, he's just a little maniac, yeah. and it's so funny to think that had his jaw yeah. not been all twer- tweaked, he would have been like prissy, yeah. dolled up, walking around a show. Walking room. in a circle, yeah, having his, his anus yeah. expected, inspected <laughs> by exactly. some nerd in a suit. <laughs> it's funny, though, man. Like, when I went and got yeah, Luca, yeah, my dog, gross. who's uh, half German Shepherd, half something else, you know, we went and we were the first ones to go to this rescue with this new litter. And I think they gave it to us even before you're we supposed to. I think she was maybe eight weeks old, but she was part of a big litter. I can't remember how many. It was like 10 maybe or so. And they were just, you know, they were living in a dirt patch in a pen. And we went in just kind of, you know, play with them and see if there was one that was our dog. And nine of the 10 or however many were just, they just, they were biting constantly. They were biting each other. They were biting our shoelaces, biting our fingers. And one of the dogs was the one that we picked was just like following us around, staring at us. It was the only one that wasn't just constantly biting, but her brothers and sisters were, were just nipping at her constantly. Uh-huh. Like she was already clearly the beta of her litter. And it was so weird to see like, you know, eight weeks in, like it was just clearly established. She was she was their little bitch. She was just going to be the one that got bullied and just was literally just had the big eyes and was just like, please get me out of here. It really felt like that. 
And, uh, you know, now she's two and a half and she still will, if she comes up to, uh, you know, forest dog and she weighs like 75 pounds, she'll tuck her tail and she's just, it's just bred into her. There's nothing we can do to give her confidence around other dogs. She's not scared of them, but she's totally abated. It's just in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting that like yeah. is that do you think yeah, well, genetic? Yeah, I've, I've got or... a wolf dog like that. Yes. Okay. Totally genetic then. It was just that's how she was always going to yeah, be. Yeah, I've got a I've got a wolf dog like that. Yeah, so I I went when I was picking up one of my wolf dogs, mm-hmm. I already had a very dominant male Alaskan Malamute living at home. So right. when I went to see the lady, she had a, a litter, an accident you know, an accidental litter. Right. And she was like, I'm so worried. I don't know who to give the puppies to because they're wolf dogs and people just can't handle them. And I said, well, I'll have one. <laughs> and I went over there and I literally said to her, you like what you're sort of saying is I said, I want, I want the little bitch of the litter. I said, right. I want the male that's so sweet and he's so lovely. And it doesn't matter how mean and nasty all his litter mates are. Um, I want him to just not fight back and just be lovely. And she said, oh, that's Mr. Blue. She okay. says he's, he's just, they tread all over him and he's just lovely. And she says he, give, and he gives kisses and everything. So I took him home and yes, he is total bottom of the pack dog. <laughs> right. But because, because of that, he's always had a lot of nerves when I've gone out. So mm-hmm. if I take him to the pub, he cries, he sort of howls. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I go yeah. and see his big, and I go and see his brother that was like the alpha of the litter, and his and his brother's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm just so cool, I'm so hot, and yeah. you know, he's sitting on top of a box in the back garden, like ruling the garden, and Mister Blue is just a wuss, he's an yeah. absolute wuss, but I I would <laughs> never change him for the world. So so when you when you breed from the dogs, it's it's the same like with with um, twins, isn't it? You get they have different characters, so mm. they've they've got a certain degree of the the breeding which you know, goes to what color they look like and what, what they look like, but you can't second guess the personality. So that's, that's really up to the breeder to sure, give you what you want and try and pick a puppy that's correct for the family. There's always going to be a bossy, naughty one. There's always going to be one sitting at the back. Um, yeah. I've been told by lots of dog trainers, you don't pick the alpha. You don't pick the really pushy one because there'd be trouble. You pick the second in command because they're usually very confident, but they have a quiet dignity about them. And they said <laughs> for training, that's the one they always pick. So when you get the guys that go to pick the Malinois, when they want them for the, the, the dogs, anti-poaching wildlife yeah. dogs that they right. take out to Africa or police dogs, they always say to me, we pick the second. We pick the quiet you know, he's self-assured, he's got confidence, but he's not the one going, oi, 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 oi. Because the one that's going oi and tugging your, you know, your your the, your your trousers is going to be the one that's saying no to you when you want it to do something right. and possibly right. even growling at you. So, but you, you shouldn't pick the, the back one either, apparently, because that's just as bad. And that's what I did. So yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I love her. I love I, I think her. It, I think it's funny how people, I, I I've said this on our podcast a number of times. It pisses me off. People will go, I want a Husky. They're beautiful. And it's like, yes, they are, but you live in a one bedroom studio. Don't get a fucking Husky. And, yeah. and people will pick dogs entirely based on aesthetic 
as opposed to temperament and personality yeah. and needs. Like the, and it, it, yeah. it drives me insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a well, bit of a, I mean, Jesus, look at, I mean, Los Angeles, it's right. like, you know, mm. yeah. So many people with, with yeah. dog breeds, especially, you know, pit bulls are very, they're super in fashion in LA, you know, they always kind of have been, but they still are. And I think you see a lot of people who it's like, just kind of wanted it for a status thing or something like that, that are just, you know, completely mm. untrained dogs that they weren't willing to put the work in. Right. And definitely. I see a lot of people getting tugged around yeah. by their pit bulls that they have zero control over, you yeah. know, on my well, street. Even Apparently the dog breed that, Apparently, the dog breed that's in trouble right now is the Malinois. And that was off the back of, you know, John Wick 3. And, I, I just um, the woman with that, that dog. had the trained Malinois. I yeah, just worked I've worked with, those with loads of them before. You, you're, you'll know one, how though, driven they are yeah. and crazy, right? So, the, the, the guy I spoke to who was the breeder who was like, these don't make good pets. He yep. said, because you have to walk that dog for two hours a day. He goes, you've got to mentally stimulate it. You've got to train it. You've got to give it things to do. He said, and not just that, he said, in the evening, it will come up. It will sit, sit in your floor and it will just give you a ball and you'll be throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball. He said, if yep. you go out, it's going to wreck your house if you've not, you know, done anything to exercise it that day. And unfortunately, films like John Wick, put the Malinois into fashion. So a lot of the homes right now are actually saying to me they're having problems with loads and loads of rescue Malinois coming back where people thought, oh, they're really cool, intelligent dogs. I want to buy one and make it run up a wall and catch that thing on the tree, just like they do in these videos that you see on Instagram. And they get these dogs and it wrecks their house and they go to work. And so they give it back. And unfortunately, because of lockdown, a lot of people got... Malinois, and now totally. they can't, you know, do anything about it. Patrick, I want to hear. So, um, you worked with the exact dog from John Wick Three, recently. Yeah. So, John Wick Three. It was also so the 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 guy who's the trainer is, is lives in Montana, and he has four uh, Malinois that all look very similar. So, you know, when you're working with dogs shooting a movie, sometimes a dog gets tired, you tap in the other one. It's like it's like the Olsen twins on Full House. Yeah. So this guy just brought one because we were just shooting one scene named Britta. <laughs> who's does like 70% of the screen time and shoot okay. was in John wick and, and that Channing Tatum movie dog. Um, so he brought her to set. She was, it was super fun. We, we all enjoyed, you know, spending half a day with her. Um, but he said, you know, I, I just said, what would you say to someone very similar? Probably. And we may have even talked to the same guy. Um, I said, what would mm-hmm. you say to someone who wants one of these as a pet? And he was like, it'll ruin your life. He's like, it's <laughs> unless you want to be a full time dog trainer. And that's the only thing you do. Um, he said, if I go just to the gas station, I bring them with me. Um, and his wife's mm-hmm. also a dog trainer, but he's like, <clears throat> when I leave, like they just have to come because they will just absolutely, they will like chew through the hardwood. Like they will find ways <laughs> to fuck up your house that you didn't even know a dog was capable of. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and it's really interesting because, you know, so we had a scene that we were filming where I wanted the dog just to be sitting and just being pet on the porch. And then I kind of at one point had just written in there, you know, the guy throws the ball and the dog runs and grabs the ball and brings it back. And he was like, look, we can do that. But if you then want her to sit and just be pet again, it's going to be like it's going to take me 20 minutes because as soon as he throws the ball, she's going into work mode. And um, it's going to take me about 20 minutes to get her back in sit Mm -hmm. and be cuddly mode. Um, 
but they are incredibly, you know, they're, they're not so huge, right? The Malinois, they're like this approachable size. Yeah. So beautiful. Uh, you know, they, they still have the doggy eyes that look at you like they want to be pet. Um, but you could just see this thing. Like she just, it was in movement. It was like watching an ant, you know what I mean? She just needed to be moving and doing something at all times. Um, so as cool as they are, oh my God. I mean, if you, if you have a job, you know, and you just think this is going to be a fun, cuddly friend that has a really strong bite force. No yeah, way. Really bad call. Our mm-hmm. uh, friend of the pod, Laura Zara, has a Belgian Malinois that's super duper trained. And she spends like 250, 300 nights a year in a tent. So right. it's a perfect dog for her because she goes out in the woods by herself all the time. And she's got this dog that stays, keeps yeah. watch, sleeps at the foot of the tent, is outdoors 100% of its time, basically. Um, and she loves it, but mm-hmm. yeah, we, we stayed there with, with her at her house, my wife and I, and our kid and our dog. And we, the dog was never fierce, but we definitely had to watch my son around it because, you know, he like runs up to dogs and pulls them by the ears. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. like an infant at the time, like pulls them by the ears and grabs it on the nose. And this dog, you could see like, Laura could say one word and my son would be yeah, dead. Yeah, or I wouldn't she could, do that with a Malinois. <laughs> no, exactly. Or she could say another word and the dog would like run away and disappear. And she like had to keep telling the dog to go away yeah. because uh, otherwise, you know, and my son would be like running over there, arms out, trying to grab its face. And I'd be like, this is not a good combo. Yeah. Um, but yeah. anyway. Well, they, they come out biting. That's why you call them alligators, don't you? Because they come out literally biting from the that. moment they're born. That's oh, really? Malligators. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm going to be filming with some guys later on this year where he's going to be getting me a whole load of uh, baby Malinois. And we're all going to oh, just fun. attach them to myself. Um, like oh, that's hilarious. Little baby alligators. Just have them like Because they literally, they just come out and, and they just start biting. Yeah. They just that's, hang. Because no again, like, they've been created to do that. Yes. That's hilarious. Malligators. Well, speaking, uh, speaking of creating things, Annika, we do a game on this show called the Battle Royale. Do you know what time it is? Battle Royale. Do you know what time it is? Just got like a little jingle here for a second. <laughs> Just for a second. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Peter, for not being here. Um, all right. So we do this game every week called the Battle Royale, Annika. And I'm hoping, Patrick, you got something lined up that suits oh, yeah, the talents absolutely. of our guests? So right, what we so- do is we take characteristics from three different animals, right? So we have like a draft, right? So like... Forrest will pick first, you'll pick in the middle, and then I go for two picks. So we pick three characteristics from three different animals, like when you were a kid and you draw a tiger's head on an elephant's body with, uh, you know, ostrich legs. So we're building our own creation, like the island of Dr. Moreau. What we're going to do is we're going to take three dog characteristics. It could be the head, it could be the bite force, it could be the body. From three different dog breeds, we're going to build an animal that is going to become the number one craze in Japan. This is going to be, it's not, okay. you could make a guard dog if you want. You could make something that's really cute, but like you, people, these are going to be going for like $17,000 in Japan in yep. 2023. This is the Japanese dog breed, the, the <laughs> it dog in Japan. If you don't have one of these in Japan, you're nothing. Yep. Yep, okay. that makes sense. So that's what we're doing. I was going to do, like, build the ultimate guard dog, but then I was like, Annika's just going to win because she knows yeah, 100%. way more about dogs than yep. we do. So, you know, 100%. make it fair. No, make it this silly. Really, yeah, this really, uh, this really threw, threw a wrench into things. Um, I like <laughs> well, it. All right. You're going to go first. 
Okay. I'm going to go, or Annika's going to go second. I'll go last. Okay, you got it. All right, so I'm up first. We're going snake draft Annika, which means I pick, you pick, Pat picks two, and it goes backwards. Um, so <laughs> this is undeniably the dog of choice uh, in the facial department. It's the dog that everybody in Japan wants. It's cute. It's adorable. It's the Hello Kitty version of dogs. I'm going to give it the face of a pug. Oh, okay. I see okay. what you did there for us. Yeah. You went for cuteness. You wanted. You wanted. It, you're going with the Hello Kitty route, but yep. you made a fatal flaw. Interesting. You fucked up already. Okay. Because I'm going the same route. Okay. Oh shit! Annika's supposed to be next. I'm just going. I'm Annika's gonna go next. second. Annika, <laughs> right, no, I'm going second. Patrick's going second. A- Annika right. really has the advantage here. She can go last. It's okay. You took a pug. <laughs> yeah, I did. But when you think about Hello Kitty or those those adorable stuffed animals you see in the, the Japanese store in the mall, they have huge eyes, right? You True. want those big eyes. True. And what you failed to do was take the dog with the largest eye to head ratio. Interesting. You took, I think, second. I'm going to go okay. first. It has the largest eye to head ratio of any dog. I'm giving it the face of a Boston Terrier. Wow. Okay. 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 That's hmm. called one-upping. All right. So I've, I've got to pick a face as well. You can so do. I've, I've got to pick a face. I'd Any order face. you like. Any yeah. order you like. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So I'm I'm going to throw something into the mix here then. So the the Japanese love fighting dogs. Okay. But okay. because the Toza Inu is too large to have, and by the way, um, dog fighting is still legal in Japan. Wow. <laughs> I did not know that. The Toza Inu is massive, and mm-hmm. it looks like um, it, they love them as much as the samurai, so they, they, they have a big league just for these massive Toza Inus. Whoa. But because we want this to be cute, and we want it to be lovely, and we want it to be pint-sized and the next thing, we're going to make it a miniature... Toza Inu with a fighting Ooh. spirit. Okay. So, but of course, he'll end up just being like a Chihuahua because Chihuahuas are pint-sized and just sort of mean, aren't they? So they you really just are. about get away with it. So, um, so you're giving so it the I, face of the Toza the, Inu. Can I say this? Yeah, he's going to okay. have a cute little wrinkled face of a Toza Inu, but he'll have a spirit as well. So, fighting Got spirit. It. Okay. 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 So because because we're do, doing a snake draft, you get another pick. So you have the 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 head face of a Toza Inu. How about the body, the legs, the any other characteristics? You want to do a second pick on it? Right. Um, well, they love big, fluffy, furry things, don't they? Okay. In, in sure. Japan. So I would say go for something like the fur and the body of a Tibetan Mastiff. And okay. it's got to be bright red. Okay. <laughs> okay. Really, really fuzzy, really bright red, like a lion. Because oh it, that color in the in the Far East, they love that color. And that's a thing that exists already? They get they get red like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. You know, it's a better Mastiff. They've bred them recently to be bright red. Whoa! Yeah. You can Look see them thing. if you search I didn't up even know what yeah. – I, I, I'm just like nodding here as though I know what you're talking about. I did not know it looked like that. I <laughs> yeah. mean, that wins already. But, that's gonna uh, be that's gonna be very popular. This dog, yes. okay, the very spirit yeah, of yeah. the samurai dog with a yep. red lion body. Yep, that's uh, insane. Okay. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. All right, <laughs> I'm going to. So I've got the the head of a Boston Terrier. Is that you? By the way, when you pull up Tibetan Mastiff, of course it is. So every dog breed that you <laughs> oh, yeah, Google yeah. image, you're in the image with she, it. Yeah, she is the dog girl, <laughs> the wolf girl. Yeah, it's no question. 
<laughs> All right. Look, this is so easy. This is low hanging fruit. People are going to shit on me in the comments, but that's okay. To go, I'm going just cuteness. I want people to be able to carry this dog in their purse or in their pocketbook, as my mom would call it. I'm going with the body of a Maltese. Wow. The head of a Boston Terrier on the fluffy little adorable body of a Maltese. Come on. Come on. Interesting. Interesting yeah. choice. All right. You know, you, you're going for the cutest you can. Annika is going for just this incredible regal large creature. I know Japanese people. I don't. But I believe that I do. They like weird. Okay? So my sure. dog my dog is just going to be a Frankenstein of creatures. And that is what is going to make it so popular. It's going to be... It's going to be the naked mole rat of dogs. And what I mean by that is this pug head that I have <laughs> is undeniably going on the body of a Mexican hairless dog. I don't oh, know if you've ever good. seen one. Yeah. I don't know if you ever <laughs> felt one. Annika, I'm sure, has. They're very, very odd. It fe- their skin feels weird. You have to put sunscreen on them. They require a lot of care. So I've got a pug's head on a Mexican hairless dog's body with the legs of a whippet got the legs oh. of a whippet so i've got these these skinny exciting. little legs sorry go ahead i said exciting it's very so exciting there's a small time delay here <laughs> yeah no problem we could tell yeah no worries it's very exciting it's got these skinny super fast little legs this hairless body and this pug face it's a complete disaster you don't know what's going on you don't know if he's running fast you don't know if he's coming to lick you he's definitely going to drool all over you and that is the dog that is going to be japan's number one no question Patrick, what else you got? Okay, so I've got this cute dog, right? <clears throat> but here's the thing. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't take the head of a Boston Terrier and put it on the body of a, of a what did I take, a Maltese? Yep. This is, I want this to go horribly bad, right? I want people to look back at 2023 and say, it was crazy when this, this thing happened in Japan and just went, <laughs> went terribly. So I want a very disobedient dog. So okay, I'm going to take smart. The, te- the temperament of an Afghan hound, which my crude Google search came up as the least trainable dog species. Uh, they were bred to spend all day chasing prey over long distances, right? So these, these sight hounds needed to think for themselves as opposed to taking orders. The Afghan hound is, is very disobedient, very hard to train. So these things are going to be jumping out of people's purses. They're going to be running amok in the subway. Uh, it's going to be a mess. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's going to make some news. All right, Annika, you have the Toza Inu's head on the body of a red. I, I wrote it down. To be a mastiff. That's right. Yeah. And what else are you going to round uh, out your creature with? Well, okay. Well, because the Tibetan mastiff is quite feisty and he's quite big, and the Toza Inu is pretty feisty and it's a fighting dog, um, these people um, can't have these dogs getting away right. um, because that would just be awful. They'd just be, be killing bad. everybody. So <laughs> I think we'll have to give them the legs of a dash hound. Wow. So <laughs> they basically can't get out of the garden because that would be irresponsible of me to create <laughs> such a, an aggressive dog and have it be able to get out of people's gardens. So we're going to give him these little tiny <laughs> Tiny, tiny little legs yeah. like this, so we, we can't are, get away. That is like a so. walking fighting mop. Um, we are <laughs> yeah. we are outdone here, Shirley. Brosers, weigh in. Let us know who won today's Battle Royale. Dave Sunshine, good luck drawing these up. Is it my pug face on... <laughs> can't read my own writing here. What did I say? 
Well, you, oh, you Mexican pronounced hairless. it Tibetan last time, so let's try to fix that. All right, you got it. Is it a pug face on a Mexican hairless's body with the legs of a whippet? No idea what its temperament's going to be. Is it Patrick's uh, Boston Terrier face on a Maltese's body with the with the untrainable temperament of Afghan hound? Or probably a clear winner here. <laughs> is it Annika's <laughs> Toza Inu's head on the body of a? Is it not Tibetan? Is that not how you say it? Is it Tibetan? Yeah, I thought Tibetan oh, was the right Tibetan. way. Okay, Tibetan Mastiff with the legs Tibetan. of a, a Dachshund, a Dachshund, a Dachshund. I don't know how to freaking say it. You guys all know what dog I'm talking about. I want to know. It's a wiener dog. A wiener dog, yeah. <laughs> the legs of a wiener dog. Um, a wiener whose dog. critter is going to be the number one thing in Japan? Vote, let us know. Annika, where can people follow along? I mean, everybody that likes dogs already knows where to find you, but just in case, where can they find you? Okay, well, if you go to YouTube, you can find Animal Watch. You just type it in and it comes up as a top search. And the other thing which is pretty good is because um, I've covered most of the breeds. A lot of the time, if you just type in the breed name, um, Animal Watch is usually the top search. So, you know, type in a breed and see if I've covered it. Apart (laughs) from that, I'm also... Yeah, I know. That's right. no big <laughs> I deal. do that sometimes, <laughs> by the way. I sometimes go on YouTube and I just type in a dog's name to see if my one comes up first. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's you still got cool. it. That's um, pretty cool. Instagram, it's at Annika Svenska Official. On Facebook, it's Annika Svenska Official. And Twitter, when I can be bothered to go on Twitter, is Annika Svenska Official. But it's to be quite honest, it's just too much to maintain. So sure. I'm mainly Instagram mm-hmm. and I'm mainly YouTube. Or just pop into your local pub if you live near London and look for the lady with the uh, with the wolf dog because she right. takes it to the oh, pub, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I do. I love going to the pub. Yeah, you definitely find me in the pub. Awesome. So. Annika, <laughs> thank, thank you, so you very much, much yeah. for joining us. It's been great to have you on. And good night, everybody. Good night. Yeah. Bye-bye, everybody. And Kyle will what, stop the recording. The oh, yeah. right. We have a music. Oh, <laughs> got it out. it's lovely. Yeah. Isn't it good? <laughs>